Welcome to WISE, a podcast for women introverts, sensitives, and empaths. I'm your host, Ashley Pardo, business coach, functional nutritional therapy practitioner, and former private chef. WISE is all about mindset, entrepreneurship and business, food and nutrition, spirituality, relationships, and ultimately living your purpose, all through the lens of the sensitive, introverted, and empathic woman. I know you might feel like the information out there isn't suited for you, but this is because we're powerful, strong, and deep, and we've got potential. Let's begin to let that out right now. Hey friends, welcome back to WISE. It's actually Christmas Eve today, and I wanted to wait to record and release the episode today just because these days are busy and there's a lot going on. And if you find yourself needing an introvert moment, I wanted you to have something available to you that you could just sort of take some time for you and get away from whatever it is for just a second, and then you can come back. And today I wanted to discuss 2021 and things that we can do for 2022 are going to be in Monday's episode where I'm going to be talking about the list that I make every single year, which is basically just being honest with myself about what worked and what didn't work this year and being like ruthlessly honest, very objective, not super emotional, which is a little bit different for me. But it's something that allows you to sort of see things really clearly and then really honestly see the things that we can do next time and next year in order to be who we want to be and feel the way that we want to feel. This one exercise is what allowed me to have a completely different relationship with alcohol and sugar. So I'm going to be sharing more about that next week and I'm going to be talking a little bit more on Instagram, but I think this time of year is always a time to reflect and to, you know, see what happened, see what we went through. Obviously, these past two years have been different uh, because of the pandemic and all the things that we experienced and that we never expected to experience. Even now, like seeing, I was watching Emily in Paris last night. First time I was, I watched it. It's actually so good. And I saw people like out in public without masks And it's just jarring to me. So I think that there is a lot of um, reflection, extra reflection that can happen, that has happened because of that. What really matters to me? What is important to me? What do I value? And most importantly, what do I need to do in order to get there? So before we get started on this episode, which is going to be all about how to, um, or my biggest lessons of 2021 next week is going to be how to do that list for yourself. I wanted to remind you that Intuitive Macros, the next round of Intuitive Macros is starting on January 11th. So 111. And we are not going to be running it again, meaning me, until May and September. So Intuitive Macros is just going to run three times this year instead of four. And I really would love for you to join if you feel called to have a permanent solution to your nutrition. Intuitive Macros is essentially everything that I've learned and known and have seen with clients, patterns, and all the things over the last seven years 
working one-on-one with people and also sort of reverse engineering my process for for becoming free with food, losing my food obsession, actually being in a body that I feel great in, I look good for me, I am free with food, I don't think about food, I eat a ton of food, I literally eat everything that I want to and this is just such a different reality from what I used to have. And I wanted to, that's why this program was created. And it is the most affordable way to work with me. It's $4.97. Um, the way that you would enroll, if you want to get early enrollment into it, uh, enrollment for the waitlist opens up on this Monday, December 27th, 2021, if you're listening to this in real time, uh, enrollment opens up to the waitlist first, and then the week after enrollment will open up to the public and then we'll get started. So getting on the waitlist doesn't actually confirm you into anything. It doesn't obligate you any into anything. You will just receive the information and the opportunity to sign up. And again, I would love to have you. It's such a great program. And I'm actually adding a lot more content this round in terms of um, helpful grocery PDFs, which there are already some in there, but it's going to be a lot more comprehensive. I'm redoing all the PDFs for the lessons. So you also get lifetime access to the program once you join. And I'm so excited. I love running this program. I love seeing the shifts that people have. And remember, this is lifelong sustainability with food. So it is not a crash diet. It is not a quick fix. It addresses the mental, emotional, and physical. Um, you know, it addresses all of those different facets of your relationship with food. So it's for weight loss, it's for weight maintenance, it's whatever goal you have, but most importantly, it's permanent. So it addresses all of the beliefs that we have around food and we sort of untangle those things so we can get to that place of freedom because we know with crash diets that they don't work for you to maintain it for life. And that is always my concern. So let's go ahead and get started with the episode with my biggest lessons from this year. So I spoke about this in a couple episodes, a couple episodes back, all about how 2021 and 2022 for me were a different level of healing. I have been healed. I even hesitate to use that word because like we never are there. But I didn't have to worry about my food stuff. I haven't had to worry about my food stuff for like the past 10 years. So that has kind of just been automated. It has been very easy for me. I haven't struggled with food. Um, I haven't had, to me, like food abstinence doesn't have to do with, um, like we look at it from a recovery perspective, it doesn't have to do with um eliminating a certain foods, it's eliminating the behaviors. So like I haven't partaken in any of those behaviors in 10 years, which is huge. And like, I think when we go through something like that, you know, I've had clients that tell me like, oh, so you're telling me that like this nutrition coaching that we're doing is kind of like addressing my entire life. And yes, that happens. Like it changes everything. And I didn't know until 2020 and 2021 that I had more things to look at from a relational perspective, the way that I relate to my family, the way that I relate in intimate relationships, uh, boundaries that I need to set, learning to speak up, learning about attachment style that has all been huge for me in 2020. And this has to do with the divorce that I got uh, in 2020 
have actually been separated, had actually been separated for, you know, a long, a while before the actual divorce. But going through that, having, you know, shifts in my sexuality, having, um, you know, reactions from my family that I did not expect at all, that I actually haven't talked about at all, but I will talk about because I have been integrating those things, um, really taught me how to, you know, relate to people in a different way. And most importantly, it all goes back to responsibility on me. I think that I was somebody who, you know, I grew up in a Latin family and the idea, if, you, if you're a child of immigrants, there's a big codependency that happens there and in both ways. And there's always this like notion that like you will always be taken care of no matter what. Oh, it's okay. I'll just do it for you and whatever else. And it, it doesn't help. It didn't help me to trust myself very much or even learn how to do a lot of things on my own. And for many years, and then when I got married, uh, I've always been very independent in terms of things that I want to do and having a lot of friendships and really having my own life. But when it came to getting supported emotionally, I really relied a lot on my ex-husband for that. Like I would tell him everything and he would help me through everything and I, you know, just instead of ever giving myself the opportunity, these are things that I have been thinking about as I look back. I need to, I never gave myself the opportunity to like help myself through my own emotions. I did it to an extent, but I always knew that he was there and it didn't allow me to sort of get to that next level of like emotional independence and really struggling with codependency for my whole life. And it wasn't until the past two years that I've really like worked to get out of that. And I feel like I'm in such a different place now. So most of the lessons that I learned in 2021 have to do with this, have to do with, you know, really being being your own person and taking care of yourself and becoming becoming independent on all levels. And this doesn't mean that we still can't have people help us, right? Like I'm, I still have relationships that I go to that are soothing to me, that help me work through things. But I think that you also need to know that you can also have your own back. And I learned this in so many different levels. So I'm going to go through six lessons that I really learned this year. And I also learned a lot about business and my business grew 75%. Um, we're up 75% in revenue over 2021. I've learned so many business lessons. I'm not going to talk about business stuff here, but these also apply to business because if you're an entrepreneur, business is a personal development journey too. Like putting yourself out there, having your face all over your Instagram feed, selling, this takes a level of self-esteem and self-worth that you will quickly realize is very, um, is very hard to do if you haven't showed up in that capacity before. And that's something that happens through acting. And I want to remind you of that as we go through this now that like, if you are feeling a certain way right now, and you want to become more independent or confident or empowered or whatever it is that you want to feel empowered is kind of a wishy-washy word doesn't really mean anything. But 
I want you to know that those things come from you acting. So like you're never going to feel a certain way by just or actually change the way that you feel or get esteem within yourself by just thinking about things and reading. So I'm saying that to my past self too. Things happen when you just go out there and do it. Like to the extent that you feel safe, move one, just one degree, one iota, do one thing and you're going to gain more confidence as you go. I am unrecognizable to myself. If I think back to like my 2017, 2016 business owner person, I am completely different. And I'm sure you can tell if you've been listening to the podcast that long. So I went through like my own shifts in business after sort of doing my healing with food. I did like healing around entrepreneurship and worth and like that's been cool for a while. But again, now these are all relational. But again, it applies to everything. So the number one thing that I learned and have continued to confirm is that you are responsible for, there's Miss Faye, you are responsible for your own happiness. Now, this is both um, a relief because then we can take control and we can do things, but it also like puts the responsibility completely on you. And no one is responsible for making you feel happy right? Like it is your responsibility to take care of yourself. It is your responsibility to do the things and stay in, stay in your own lane and make yourself happy. Create a life on your own. Again, doesn't mean that you can't be with somebody, but it's important to, um, avoid that sort of like codependency that can happen for you to have a life on your own and you make yourself happy. I'm talking about like the actions that you need to take, your workouts, the way that you need to eat, the way that you need to speak up for yourself, the way that you need to advocate for yourself and for your needs, um, setting boundaries with people, not talking to people if you don't have to, if you don't want to, even if those people are your family, like those are things that you need to do. Like I used to think like, oh, that person made me feel this way. And this kind of goes with number two, which is you're responsible for your emotions. No one can actually make you feel anything. Um, I used to think like, you know, oh, they made me feel that way and whatever it is. But I've actually allowed that to like, for lack of a better word, like penetrate me, like penetrate my aura or whatever it is. And like, I used to be very... um like at the whim of other people and their moods and their emotions where like, and that skirts my own responsibility for like my own happiness and taking care of myself. So I don't think that like our whole lives should be around our, our, our own happiness because like, again, we want other people in our lives and it would be very selfish to just make your life just about you. But to the degree that like you can be happy you are responsible for your own happiness. You're responsible for the way you feel. You are responsible for how you show up. You're responsible for the discipline that you have. What are the things that you need to do in order to make yourself happy? It is no one else's responsibility to make you happy. It is yours. And that is both freeing and scary. But if it's scary, start writing out and doing the things and make a plan for you to create your own happiness. For me, that looked like creating my own community in LA. I moved here. I've always wanted to live in California, but 
with the timing of everything that happened, I moved here um, because my partner lives here and I'm, you know, we both made sure from the beginning that like, you know, I sort of let her know that like, I need to be able to rely on you like family, like you are my, the person that I can rely on most in this city. But at the same time, I don't want us to have one life. Like, and we both established that from the very beginning that like, you know, we live down the street, but from each other and we see each other every day. But at the same time, I was like, I don't want my life to just be your life. And I don't want to just like come in to and just like latch on to that. I want to create my own life with my own friends and things that I do on my own because that's really healthy to me. And I have been on the other side where like it isn't that the case and it just causes a lot of resentment. So like it's been really important for me to establish those things and and see other people and and do those things. It's really important. And it was hard at times, especially during the pandemic. But like I took it into my own hands and I did the things that I needed to do. And I think that like when you're a whole person, you can then come into other relationships and have that be the cherry on top. A relationship cannot be your whole life. A whole person cannot be your whole life. So like, I think that taking the responsibility back for you, you can start taking the action steps you need to in order to create your happiness. The next thing is you're not responsible for your emotions and no one can make you feel anything. Again, I used to be like at the whim of other people's moods and these things and like, oh, they shamed me or they were mean to me or they like, I picked up the phone, had a terrible conversation and then I'd be upset. But like, you could also just like not pick up the phone. You teach people how to treat you. You set the standard for what people can say to you and you can be the driver of your emotions and your relationships. Also when like, even when you're in a loving relationship or you're in a friendship, like we think like, oh, that person is making me feel these things, but it's in your body. Like you are the one that's feeling the the feelings of being in love or uh, being sad or, or whatever it is. Like you are experiencing those things. So I'm going to do a whole podcast episode just on this because I think that this is a big topic. But learning about anxious attachment was huge for me. I'm anxious, like I'm mostly secure, but when I'm under stress, I go towards anxious attachment, which means that like I tend to become like worried or for lack of a better word, clingy. (laughs) I would not consider myself clingy or needy, but like I get towards that. Like I I need more reassurance. I need, that's like my tendency. And in doing the work, I've learned to really, again, put that responsibility into me and be responsible for the way I feel in my own emotions and not letting other people, not being at, not succumbing to like other people's, you know, what they say or what they do. I am my own person that feels things and I have to take responsibility for that as well. That also goes along with like being sad or upset on a day that like you have to give a presentation, like feel and then like from wedding crashers, lock it up, give yourself a curfew. This doesn't mean like don't feel your feelings. It means feel your feelings and do what it is that you need to do in order to lock it up, put a curfew on it and keep moving. And that will also give you a lot of self-esteem. The next thing is that you're responsible. Number three is that you're responsible for defining your timeline. So 
if you would have told me when I was 20 that I would be 36, divorced, in a city, living with me, you know, just me and my dog, I would have been really pissed (laughs) and I would have been um, super upset and like, you know, sorry, I'm getting a text message. Uh, This is real life people. So I would have been really upset and so disappointed with myself. Like, why haven't you had kids already? Why haven't you, why are you divorced? And what I've started realizing is that like, there is no timeline and there's no right way. And like, I think that so many people are obsessed with timelines and like, I have to do this by a certain time. And oh my God, look at that person doing that thing over there. Like, this is your life. This is your path. And like Joseph Campbell says, I love him. He says that like, you don't know your path yet because you haven't laid down the stones yet. Like you are laying down the stones one by one in order for you to create your own path. You're literally creating it and it's individual to you. So do your best to be the only person in your race. It's not even a race. It's like, you are creating your life. And as long as it makes you happy, then that's it. I am so much more aligned and living authentically than I was five years ago. And I am able to, you know, speak up and do the things that I need to. I have an amazing business that allows me to have a life of freedom. Like, that I, I have prioritized that. I've prioritized my life of freedom and living my passion and teaching my passion and serving people over the security of like having a traditional family life. And I actually prefer this, even though I have my own um, sense of family and I've created my own family. Um, it's still really important to me to live that value of freedom. So you create your own timeline and you run your own race, but it's not even a race. Um, Number four is if you're focused on your own life and your own things, you'll have a lot less room for comparison and jealousy and et cetera. If you are so focused on like doing the things that you need to do and like putting your energy into yourself, you will not have time to compare yourself to other people and get jealous and all of the things that we do, like you literally won't have time to do that. And this is really tough. And I think that it's normal for us to feel this way. It's normal to to compare. The brain does that to find, to latch onto some security, to feel a certain way. The brain is going to do that. So I think that we have to expect the brain to compare and to get jealous and to kind of feel those twinges that we feel sometimes. And if you ever feel that around someone, I want to encourage you to get into that a little bit more and ask yourself, like, why am I feeling this way? It's usually because that's what we want. And it's kind of like, how dare she type of thing? Like, how dare she be so successful? How dare she live the life that she wants to? How dare she, you know, actually shift her whole life around to live a more authentic way? Like, it's telling you about something if you feel a little bit of that twinge. And again, there is enough for everybody. There is your own um, path. And I saw this um, meme yesterday that had a pencil and a crayon. And it's like a cartoon. And the crayon was saying, I wish I was sharper. And it was essentially saying like, 
if you don't do what's true to you in your own way, you'll never think that you're enough by, you know, you'll always have to, it's more important for you to like own your own personality and your own way of doing things. Like you literally cannot compare to someone because they're not like you. They're not you. So again, it's tough to do this, but if the more we put energy into us and we don't give ourselves time to scroll endlessly, to compare, to say the how dare she's, you know, we put that energy into us, then that is literally what's going to help us get there. So really keep that in mind as you continue going. And that's something that I have really worked on over these past two years, especially if you're an online entrepreneur, it's very easy to compare and sort of like feel, oh, I'm not there yet. I haven't done that thing. You know, I've been reading a lot too about like cults and like I'm reading this book called Cultish right now. And like, there's like this, like, oh, I'm not having like, not associated with those people or or whatever it is. Like there's just so much stuff that comes along with that. And I'm kind of like thinking about that a lot more deeply around like cult culture and like guru culture and um, blindly following, you know, business coaches, things like that. So like, I'm really not down anymore at all with the guru culture. I actually like kind of used to like fangirl over things and people. And now I'm just like, you know what? We're all the same. We're all the same. We're all running our own race. Like it's very easy to pedestal people, but by pedestaling people, you absolve yourself or the responsibility of doing the work in order to get there. And it also tells you about like things that you perhaps have not claimed for yourself or don't think that you're worthy enough for yourself because you don't think that you can have them, but you can. So again, these all could be podcast episodes on their own. um, But these are just some things to think about when it comes to comparison and and jealousy and, and putting your energy into you. Because we have a finite amount of energy, make sure you're putting it back into you every day. And then if you have extra scroll, do all the things, but learn to differentiate like when is this feeling good for me and when it's not. The last last two, number five, is that you will lose and disappoint people when you're true to yourself and you must choose yourself. I've been learning a lot about like love and what love actually means and not learning, but just thinking about it. And I love how Glennon Doyle talks about this on her podcast. And she said something about how like love means true acceptance of the other person. And that if you have to change in order to be loved by somebody, then it's not real love. Or if you have to diminish a part of yourself, if somebody ignores a part of you, if somebody doesn't see you in your wholeness and they're like, I love you. No, they don't. Like this is kind of harsh, but Real love means full acceptance of the other person. You can acknowledge that maybe you want them to be different, and then you can also accept them. Like, it doesn't mean we have to like it in order to accept them, but that is real love, really embodying yourself and having people say, I accept you and I support you. And that was something that I went through this year that like, in order, we we have choices every day. And in order for me to honor myself, I had to choose myself. And that meant losing a lot of people. That meant disappointing people and hurting people. But what's the alternative? Like living a fake life? I couldn't, I can't do that. Like I'm incapable of being fake. I'm incapable of, like it's tangible to me now. I feel it. And 
It's okay if you disappoint people. It's better to disappoint other people than to disappoint yourself. And I've learned that if I have to abandon myself in any capacity in order to be in a relationship, then I don't want that relationship. I'd rather abandon someone else before I abandon me. Might sound selfish, but I've really taken this stance and it's become really important to me. And I encourage you to think about that for yourself as well. And it could be as small as like, I don't want to go to that party or like I'm making this big life change and the people in my life have something to say. Both of the same things on different levels to varying degrees, but it's important for you to think about this. Lastly, Number six is a question that I have been thinking about, and that and that is unconventional ways of, are unconventional ways of living actually the healthiest? At least for me, they are. Uh, I think, and this kind of goes back to number three and defining your own timelines. But like, I think it is very rare to have a relationship where both people are actually speaking their needs. In a lot of really, and I, I think of my own marriage, like in a lot of relationships, there's usually a person who is a pushover or somebody who just kind of like succumbs to everything like, okay, that's fine. And like there's sacrifice, not that there's like sacrifice, uh, that there isn't sacrifice in some relationships, but I don't think it should be sacrificial to the extent of abandoning yourself. I think that there's compromise, but I think that like, in relationships, this is friendships too, in relationships where both people are speaking their needs and saying like, this is what I need and this is what I want and this is what I need in order to to participate in this relationship, it might look unconventional, right? And that's okay. And I've started seeing like unconventional relationships, like are they the healthiest because people are actually speaking their needs? Uh, An example that I can think of is like people who live together and maybe sleep in separate beds or seven bedrooms. Like a lot of people think that's weird, but I've had some friends tell me that they do this and it actually is so helpful for their relationship. And I see people have seen people who perhaps have on paper like the um, perfect relationship and it doesn't last because more because they're trying to go on the conventional path and like people are sacrificing parts of themselves. So like be willing to be unconventional for your own happiness, be willing to speak your needs even if it's scary, it's your responsibility to advocate for your needs. This is a big lesson I've learned. It's your responsibility to bring them up, to make them clear, to talk about love languages and all of those things. And nobody can do that for you except you. And yes, it might be scary, but I'd rather like say my truth and have like somebody leave than lie and abandon myself big topics, friends. I know it's heavy. I know it's a lot, but these are the things that I wanted to share with you today about the lessons that I've learned. And again, they've been mostly relational over the past two years. And I hope to be talking a lot more about this. My program Bloom is actually, which is going to start in February, is actually going to start going over these things. And it's going to be a life coaching group program Again, I know it's been forever, but now is the time that it's going to happen. So you can also get on the wait list for that in the show notes or at the link in my bio on Instagram. But I'm wishing you all a beautiful week of Christmas. I hope you get to enjoy your people. Hope you get to to celebrate and enjoy the holiday that you love celebrating. I hope that you get time to pause and eat some good food and reflect 
big week of reflection coming up. Um, I've been thinking about this over the last several days, but I love you all. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Always send me a DM if you need to. And I look forward to talking really, really soon. Merry Christmas. Thank you so much for listening to WISE. If you want to get in touch with me, or if you want to submit a question to be answered on this podcast, please send me a DM and follow me on Instagram at Ashley K. Pardo. I love hearing from you. My DMs are always open. And as always, if you enjoyed the show, please share it with somebody that you love and leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. 